أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه المنتجبين One of the inner meanings of Assalamu alaikum is that I see peace is upon you implying that the root of peace is in you The social one, the more broad, generally accepted meaning is that I've come with peace. I've not come to disturb you. Although it's often not the case. Most people come to you to disturb you. They have either some needs, some demands or news, or they are just angry and they want to afflict it upon you. So like most things in life, it, does not, it is not as it appears. So, but I mean it when I say assalamu alaikum. I see in every heart the potential of boundless peace. And As-Salam is one of the names of Allah Azawajal. It means he who is never other than being well, other than being wholesome, which implies at peace, at rest, not agitated, not agitatable. So. So we begin by Assalamu Alaikum from the source of all of the great attributes that we all adore and thus love and thus worship, which are the attributes of Allah Azza During the last two Sundays, we tried to cover a considerable number of topics and ayahs which relate to the nature of existence and to the human existence. Who are we? What is the makeup of the human being? Why do we seek constantly that which appears at that time to be desirable or good and avoid that which at that time we think is undesirable? What is the dynamics behind this life? Why is it that we constantly look for additional power or wealth or knowledge? Where does that impetus come from? And we try to select from the Quran the appropriate ayahs that cover Adam. What is the Adamic map, the Adamic imprint or blueprint? Then insan, human beings, which is the complex mechanism containing the highest and the lowest. And then ayahs to do with nafs, ayahs to do with action that we in this world cannot experience anything unless it is to do with movement. Therefore, we act often foolishly, <laughs> often without knowledge. And as Imam Ali salam says, there, are, there is so much action which is based on ignorance that it would have been better had it not taken place. And so many people act with ignorance and cause more damage than if they do not act. What other ayahs did we cover? Ilm, knowledge. It is that which we seek at all times. Because we are 
programmed wanting to at all times be in equilibrium, in balance. We want our health to be in equilibrium, to forget about it. You don't want to be constantly worried about your health. You don't want to be constantly worried about your disturbed mind. You want a naturally you know, balanced, tranquil body. Thus, you want also to have a naturally balanced, tranquil mind. Thus, to have a tranquil heart. And this, these are the preliminary conditions for what you call happiness or joyfulness or contentment and there is a hierarchy if your body is not well if you have pain in your toe you cannot have a clear mind and a, you know and a healthy if you like attitude towards existence outside thus the hierarchy is the outer to the inner and it is our deen that teaches us, Allah Azza wa Jal shows us regularly in the Quran and in the prophetic teaching, put the lower right, that which is above is right. Take care of that which is under your responsibility. Be at all times accountable to your best, no more, no less. You are under stress. Life cannot exist without stress. But you do not want to be overstressed nor understressed. You know? So that once you are doing your duties towards the lower, towards your ego, towards the lower self, put that down. That which is in you, which is the highest, which is your ruh, which is your soul, is soaring beyond limits. Seeking freedom is a perverted search you and I and he and she are never free as long as you are in this world so what you and I have to seek is basics of tranquility balance wellness and you discover that your soul has been and is and will be free so you are looking for the right thing in the wrong domain how can you seek boundlessness in a world that has every aspect of it, a beginning and an end. So it's bounded. And yet we want boundless wealth, boundless power, boundless love. All of that exists in a, an imprint within the heart, which is the soul. So the soul or the ruh is in the qalb. And that is the primary, if you like, power or king, or kingship, or uh, power center in you. The so-called self, the nafs, the ego, and all of the other, if you like, aspects that we go through in terms of our role play, our activities, our responsibilities, are shadows. There is in you pure consciousness, manifests as consciousness of pain, anguish, wellness, trust, mistrust, well-being, ill-being. The lenses change constantly. From that pure light, you then read the circumstances and respond accordingly, often in a hurry and in a 
way that is mostly reactionary. You're just reacting rather than acting. Today I would like us to cover the key ayahs to do with the most important issue, which is the qalb. The purpose of all religions, all paths, is to bring the human being up to their potential of having a heart that connects the seen and the unseen. We are an interspace. The human being is a barzakh. You contain worldly matters, all the trace minerals, everything that you can ever perceive in the outer has its pattern within us. Whether it is emotional, whether it is physical, whether it is structural. So we have the physical, if you like, microcosm. Equally lies within us. Another zone of, is to do with the unseen. The two meet in us. So you are both worldly and non-worldly. Once you understand this paradox, all of the confusions that we are subjected to inadvertently get resolved or even dissolve. Well, of course you understand what meanness is because the lower self is mean by nature. But you also understand what generosity is because it's a divine attribute whom Allah Azza wa Jal has put in a spark in your soul. So you understand what generosity is. The generosity you and I talk about or experience is limited. It is relative. You can be a bit more generous. So you feel a bit more guilty and you produce a penny or you don't slap everybody in sight or, or you know, cheat everyone. So our generosities are at all times relative. Allah's generosity is absolute. Your love is relative. Allah's love is absolute. Creation is based on love, to know. So, once you see this cosmology, that you are the sublime, or potentially the sublime is in you, if you access it, and you are ridiculous, then you have put together this apparent, diverse, if you like, paradox or illusion, you know. So we were in the world of the unseen in the eternal garden as Adam السلام, was. He did not know he was in this eternal garden. And therefore he questioned. Therefore he has to, we have to experience the opposites. This world is based on complementary opposites. Wherever you see goodness, there lies potentially also what you will consider at a certain time as badness and vice versa. Wherever there is anything that you desire, there is within it also that which one day will come that you do not desire. Circumstances change, your hormones change, your attitude change, and the whole thing changes. You see. So it is all to do with the timing and the appropriateness as far as the overall circumstances are concerned. What you wanted 20 years ago, you do not want now. What you want now, you may not want in two weeks' time. And so on and so on and so on. And it never stops. 
our ibadahs in Islam are all based on stopping. All of our worships teach us how to be at a point of total and utter tranquility, peace. That is why one of the conditions, one of the subtle conditions of Salat that you will benefit from your Salat if your heart is present. As you know, most people will tell you also, they seem to be fairly normal and healthy and they don't have much thought. Immediately when they start their Salat, thoughts come. The answer to that is repeated. Do it until such time you can overcome your mind. And you claim to be better than whatever a calculating machine or a computer and yet the computer can be made still. But you can't make your mind go still. Because we have not been addressing these issues in our education. Our education has become mostly skill parting. So that you can earn some money and pay a miserable mortgage or buy a birthday dress or some nonsense which at the end of the day again you find it regrettable. Because we have not been shown in a living way the purpose of living to know the source of living in you and everyone else so that you respect everyone else also as potentially the same as you. So if you are a bit more illumined than the others, then you have compassion and love for them. Not have the upper hand as many so-called you know, religious people have. You know, oh, now they caught you. Now you have to be at their feet from now till eternity so as they part to, to you some scraps of knowledge. Knowledge of the high is available to everyone. It is for that reason, even in Sharia, our Prophet ﷺ made it despicable to charge people to teach them the Quran. You know, and so on and so forth. But we don't live our deen. Therefore, we became ritualistically religious and therefore much more superstitious than being enlivened and enlightened. So today, inshallah, we cover the ayahs to do with ruh, qalb, fuad, which is part of qalb, Islam. Islam, Iman, Ihsan. And I hope next week we'll finish off this exposure that Allah had given us the opportunity of, we being together, you being interested and keen, so that you have in one, if you like, package, all the selected ayahs from the Quran regarding these issues which makes up the individual as well as the overall environment in which we live. So next week, inshallah, we'll cover a number of the complementary opposites, that they are complementary. And also we will cover all the vices that we experience and the virtues, and the power that propels us, which is attraction and repulsion, and few other issues, the most prominent of which will be Tawheed. Because the whole business of this life is to see the One. If you don't see the One whilst you are discerning the Two, you're confused. Any action whatsoever has a meaning behind it. I come to you, there is a meaning behind it. 
Either I ask you for something or I want to give you something. And if that thing is either to lift you up higher or to draw something that will worsen your stage or whatever. It is all trade and interaction and relationship. But behind every move, there is a meaning. Behind every meaning, there is an essence. The essence is forever the same. And the essence is in the, in, the, in the ruh. If you like, the divine essence has been by Allah's generosity made such that you and I also have that. That is essence. And it reflects the divine qualities. It's for that reason we all know what healing is. We all know what patience is. We all know what lutf is, wid is. The attributes of Allah. So let us take the ayahs of Ruh. Bismillah ar-Rahman. وَلَا تَيْأَسُوا مِنْ رَوْحِ اللَّهِ إِنَّهُ لَا يَيْأَسُوا مِنْ رَوْحِ اللَّهِ إِلَّا الْقَوْمِ الْكَافِرِينَ Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And do not despair of the relief of Allah. Most surely none despair of the relief of Allah except the people of Kufr. The word ruh in Arabic is from, what is it? Raha, is it? It implies comfort, ease. Also from it comes rih, reihan, is it? Rih. So from it also comes perfume. Also breeze. So Allah says, don't ever despair from the divine presence. Where is it that Allah's ruh has not controlled, is not permeating all of the other arwah? يَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الرُّوحِ قُلُوا الرُّوحِ مِنْ أَمْرِ رَبِّي وَمَا أُوْتِيتُمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا They will ask you about the ruh. Say the ruh is my Lord's concern. You have only been given a little knowledge. As you all know, there are historical uh, attachments and meanings to many, many of the ayahs. The historical background to this particular ayah, I think there were a group of Jews have come to test the Prophet. And they knew that the, uh, from the same tradition, as you know, we are all Abrahamic. So they knew that you cannot define that which is boundless, which is not definable, which is the soul. So the ayah says they ask you about the ruh, and we all want to know the nature of the ruh. Because we are living in this world of limitation, we always want to define something. So therefore we also attempt to define the ruh. And the answer is, it is from the command of my Lord. It is a reflection of the Creator. It is not something that you and I can say this is how it is. Anything we realize as to how it is is based on the Ruh itself. So the Ruh contains in it the cosmic blueprints of all the different universes. That is why we can understand it, we can relate to it, and we can share it because all the Arwah are the same. Essentially, that bundle of energy in each one of us inherently is the same. But it, 
is what we do with it, how we cover it with the nafs. And according to the extent we have evolved the heart, the qalb, we have developed it, then you have access to that ruh. In other words, the qalb is the interspace between the ultimate and the very limited. It is the middle part, the middle, if you like, that can contain. If it reflects downward, it shows you this world as it is. When it reflects upward, it then reflects of all the unseen and all what is coming from the beyond the beyond. فَأَمَّا مَنْ كَانَ مِنَ الْمُقَرَّبِينَ فَرَوْحٌ وَرَيْحَانٌ وَجَنَّةُ نَعِيمٌ But the truth is, is that if he is one of those brought near, there is solace and sweetness and a garden of delight. Here again the implication is that within the pattern of the ruh lies the pattern of Jannah, of the eternal garden. So that is why we say, if you truly want to taste that inner state or the higher state, dive into your own self. How? By avoiding anything else that distracts you, body and mind. And of course the heart has to be pure before you have access to that. So that the ultimate joy for those who are on the path of enlightenment is to turn away from anything that moves or changes towards that which is forever permanently reflecting the heavens. And his word which he cast into Maryam and a spirit from him. The implication here again is the command of Allah Azza wa Jal in that everything in existence is based on two. Also man and woman get together and one other is produced. Often not necessarily that desirably, but never mind. So it's often the usual thing is that it has to be one of two. It's either good or bad and so on. Except there are always exceptions. In this case also there is an exception in that Maryam السلام, was, has come about through an immaculate conception. It was not by the usual man-woman relationship. Everything in existence has an exception. The faithful ruh brought it down to your heart so you would be one of the warners in a clear Arabic tongue. Here the implication for the ruh is used as the angel Jibreel. So that it is that, that interface, if you like, between the absolute, between Allah Azza wa Jal and the human. So we have had this link between the Prophet Wasallam and Allah Azza wa Jal through the appearance of this energy, unusual phenomena of the angel to relate it. Allah has inscribed Iman upon such people's hearts and will reinforce them with a ruh from him. So the ruh has been used in different contexts, not only as a soul. It also implies the Quran. It also implies knowledge. It also implies courage. You see, the higher aspects that we seek in life. 
the most of the ayahs, I think there are about 16 ayahs of the ruh. 25. Most of them are to do with the soul. But there are few, as we have already shared with you. So as you realize that the Qur'an has to be really taken with caution and with appropriate, if you like, approach, so you get the entire cosmology of it. And as I said earlier to you, it has to be the Qur'an by Qur'an. So if you select, as we are doing these specialized topics, but you have to be also going back and forth to make sure that you are building up towards a meaningful and usable conclusion for those terms and for those uh, ideas, you see. فَإِذَا سَبْوَيْتَهُ وَنَفَخْتُ فِيهِ مِنْ رُوحِي فَقَعُوا لَهُ When I have formed him and breathed my ruh into him, fall down in prostration to him. This is in reference to the creation of Adam salam. It is uh, an, a description of how the Adamic creation came about, if you like, in the eternal garden, in the zone of before time and space on this earth. So Allah says, I, when I have created this entity and I blew from into it from my ruh, all of you should, oh angels, to you are below him. You do not have choice as angels, and this being has a choice. He can be also, he can pretend or appear to be my enemy even. Allah <laughs> And she who protected her private parts, we breathed into her some of our ruh and made her and her son a sign for all the worlds. We have already covered this with Sayyida Maryam. So now we go to Qalb. Oh no, let's just do um, the other one. Fuad. Fuad. In the Quran, you have. Um, as far as the soul is concerned, or I use the word soul, in Western or Christian literature, you often also find spirit, maybe even more. But I try to avoid that. So in our teachings, especially in the academy, we use almost exclusively soul. And we define that as that entity which gives us the experience of life. And when it leaves the body, we say now the body is lifeless. So, in the Qur'an there are few ayahs, I think how many? On 16. 16 ayahs with the word Fu'ad. It implies the kernel of the Qalb. Oh, we went out. <laughs> I jumped the gun, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> we, uh, hmm? we go back to Qalb, alright. Let me tell you about Fu'ad so that uh, we don't repeat it. The ayahs of Qalb are numerous, 150, 150, nearly. And one-tenth of that number is the Fu'ad. Fu'ad, in the Arabic language, even nowadays, it implies the inner core. Sometimes in health circles or in sickness circles, they use it as a, as a pain in the chest. The root of the Arabic word is fa'ada yaf'idu. Ihtaraqa yahtariqu. To burn with passion. 
So the kernel of the heart has burnt in the passion and the love of the one and only creator of love and of existence. So it implies that it is a purified part of the qalb. But now we go to qalb and cover the eyes of qalb and then we come back to fu'ad. The day when neither wealth nor sons will be of any use except to those who come to Allah with sound hearts. So the entire business of deen, of grooming, of struggle, of courtesy, of adab, of the things we aspire for in this life is to end up with a qalbin salim with a wholesome heart mm. in verily he was of the followers of Ibrahim when he came to his Lord with a sound heart Again, Allah describes his Khalil. Khalil is from the Arabic uh, word which means to interlink. Toothpick is called Khalal because it, inter it goes inside your teeth. So Khalil means that who is almost entwined with God. Allah describes his beloved prophet Abraham as he came to his Lord with a clear or a wholesome heart. And the, the enactment of Hajj is, if you like, one of the final purification where this being had all his life had desired the son and here was the son, but there came in him the voice that you are now attached to your son, not to your creator, until he was willing to sacrifice the son. And then from the unseen, the ram of sacrifice appeared. So, and then at the point when he was willing to sacrifice the son, it was transferred to sacrificing a ram. When you are willing to give up everything, then you are at the edge of having a purified heart. It descended with the faithful ruh upon your heart so that you would be of those who warn. We've covered this also before. Whoever has Iman in Allah, he will guide his heart. Allah has knowledge of all things. So here again, you are guided by your heart. But in the present day, we all talk, often talk about a heart. It's not a heart. What you say, my heart tells me. It's your whims in most cases. If your heart tells you, then it is absolutely the truth. And it does happen sometimes. Your heart tells you something, but you, because you have not practiced it, so you don't know what it is. it is. Is it your illusion, your whims, your desires, or what? Until such time, you know it is definitely from your inner voice. How do you reach that point? Is by excluding. It is all to do with la ilaha. And then illallah will, will sing its song. Meaning, is it for my image? Is it for my wealth? Is it for my reputation? When the answer is no, 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 then it is for its own sake. Generally, if you practice more and more this art of asking yourself, why do I want this? You've had a reputation now of being a good person or a good husband. But all of these are fine. But 
don't say it is hard. You know, it's a good character. And we are supposed to have a good character. <laughs> but don't confuse it. We're talking about something that is much more subtle. And Allah says, Allah will guide you by your heart. Implying by a qalbin salim. If it is a, there are so many ayahs in the Quran about a tarnished heart. About a locked up heart. About a dark heart, etc. There are about at least nine descriptions of the sicknesses of the heart. وَمَا جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لِرَجُلٍ مِّنْ قَلْبَيْنِ فِي جَوْفِهِ Allah has not allotted to any man two hearts within his breast. It implies that you can't have two intentions at the same time. You're either doing it for a purpose or for the higher ultimate light. Not in between. You cannot say it's for this and for that. No. You can only have one arrow in your bow. You know. So it is according to your intention. If your intention is to know the purpose of life, Allah will give you the purpose of life. You will know it is entirely by the life giver who is ever present. Then you are at the edge, if you like, of the Jannah. But otherwise, it's a good thing to have. It's a nice place, it's a comfortable house, or, or a teaching, or knowledge. All of these are fine. But don't mix it up. Only in the remembrance of Allah can the heart find peace. Now, remembrance of Allah implies remembrance of Allah's qualities. When somebody treats you with meanness, remember Allah's boundless generosity and how that person is now have their self reflecting the dark side of the whole story. So, then your heart becomes tranquil. If you remember Allah in every situation, you would find yourself inwardly calm, collected, and you can deal with the situation in a, in a better way. Otherwise, you simply judge every situation and react to it, and you don't get anywhere. Take what you receive as a signal in the outer world, refer it to the highest reference point in you, which are Allah's qualities, and you will come out with an appropriate reading. You may be able to help that person. You may be able to help them differently. You may be able to help them by silence. You may, be, you may have to turn away from it all. The answers will come to you if your dhikr of Allah, if your devotion to haqq is constant. Otherwise, it is relative with relative and it's confusing. See? Remember, that's the meaning also of remembrance of death. The more often you remember death, the more you are at the edge of the absolute. You know, and the absolute is forever it is. It is not a bit of this and a bit of that, you see. So it is for that reason as we mature in life and in age, if you are not constantly referring to the higher in you, your heart will not be tranquil. Then you are scared of death because you don't know by then that the death is really the relief. Prophet says, it is the relief for the mu'min and it is the imprisonment and the fear for he who does not know or does not believe, you see. Belief will become knowledge. To begin with, it is some sort of a faith and then belief and then trust and then knowledge. You know that you are a soul caught in a while in these shadows like a lamp or light with a lampshade. Every lampshade is different. That's why we are all different. 
thinner, thicker. The idea of this whole thing of grooming and growth is for the shade to become transparent. That is why we are also told in the day of reckoning, you know everybody, you see everyone as you knew them, but the reverse, inside out. You know, inside out meaning you know, you're wearing your jacket inside. When you see the where you you see their shape that you were familiar with as a like a ghost and you see the quality of their heart as so, as more solid so now what is in your heart you cannot we, we, we don't have access to it maybe just as well if you have access to it you know what happened to Nabi Allah Ibrahim he saw everybody's heart as being you know pussy and rotten and lying he started slaughtering them until the connection between him and Wahi ceased. So he was suddenly found himself in total isolation and he pleaded to Allah. And Allah said, what are you doing? I created this world for people to commit mistakes, to muck around until they learn. I didn't create it for perfection. I could have done it if it was for that. If you do this, I have to have to recreate this world with the imperfection and with these rascals in it. So. So the key issue is to realize that your purpose, my purpose, everybody's purpose is to end with the lower self, with the shade on the light, least, if you like, obstructive to the light of the soul. This, these descriptions or, or mythos come out clearly if you take the ayahs of the Quran as we are doing and relate them to each other, you will come up with an amazing, if you like, final model of who you are. <laughs> they have hearts they do not understand with, they have eyes they do not see with. Now, uh, the word fiqh in the early days of Islam meant seeing uh, behind what, that which is not easily discernible. I think specifically faqih at those days meant the camel experts to be brought to say what, are, what is in the belly of the she-camel. It is reading the unseen. So... It is insight. So Allah here says they, are, they, they have hearts that they don't see by. Elsewhere he says it is not the, it's not the eyes that you have in your head that go blind. It is the heart. It is the heart that is in your breast that goes blind. You know? So as you grow older, your sight may become weaker. But if your insight has not become stronger, then it's a diminishing return. That's why you find people become miserable as they get older, because their spiritual insights and horizons have not widened. You know. And Allah says, my, rahmati, my, my mercy is in every situation. So the implication is that you start with the physical material and you grow more and more mental and you go through the emotional thing and then you end up into the spiritual, which is to do with your heart. So once you have that, then... There is nothing else that really matters so much in this life, you see. It does not afflict you as it does in the earlier years, you see. Will they not then travel in the earth 
so that they have hearts by which they will comprehend. Yeah. Verily, it is not their eyes that are blind, but rather it is their hearts in their breasts that are blind. So here again, Allah tells us that the worst blindness is your heart, not, the, not your eyes. You see. And here, how much attention do we give to our eyesight? I mean, look at the industry. But how much attention do you give to the heart, which is the center of all the outer senses and the inner senses? Why don't we do that? Because we don't know how to groom the how to look after the heart, how to nourish the heart. We don't know that. So for that reason, we want to concentrate on the work of this Academy of Self-Knowledge to show you that you can truly develop, evolve, and safeguard your heart. So many other ayahs about how to protect your heart. So for that reason also, during the month of Ramadan, for example, month of fasting, we're not supposed to have anything that upsets or tarnishes or afflicts us. You don't he see anything that disturbs you. You mustn't hear anything you, apart from the diet so that your heart remains, you know, healthy and intact. But we don't do that because we are preoccupied until it is too late, you see, often. <laughs> Allah will not take you to task for inadvertent statements in your oaths, but He will take you to task for the intention your hearts have made. Allah is ever forgiving, all forbearing. Again, the emphasis of intention in the heart. So that Allah might try that which, that which is in your breast and polish, uh, uh, and polish or purge that, yes. that which is in your heart. So Allah tells us that all of the troubles and turmoils you experience, all the so-called fitna and all the balas you have is for you to purge your heart. Say, you have inv you've thought that this person is going to be so wonderful and so on and it turns out to be he was a crook or whatever. Because you put your heart in that. Put your heart with the light that is in it. And that light will tell you that this person or whoever is all right now may not be all right later. You know. يَخْرُجُ الْحَيَّ مِنَ الْمَيِّتِ Somebody you consider to be gone, dead. Allah says that he'll bring the dead from the living. And the living from the dead. So don't be surprised when you see people change radically. You know, and so on. Often to the worse. But it can happen the other way too. <laughs> However, Allah has given you love of Iman and made it pleasing to your hearts. Iman is faith or trust that I'll come to know. Faith and trust that all will be well. The foundation of existence is hope. Hope means that tomorrow will be better in equilibrium and balance in body, mind and heart than today. I hope I will be well. That means I'm not very well now. But hopefully tomorrow it will be better. So we live by hope. We're all aiming for the garden. So here Allah says, Iman or faith or trust or hope is made attractive to your hearts. It's for that reason when you see people who believe, even though they may be simpletons, you somewhat are envious of them. 
The fellow just believes, you know, here now he lost his house, his wife, his everything, and he says, it's all right, alhamdulillah, Allah will... You know, those of us who are a bit trained more in the ways of the world, we say, it's surprising, strange, how, you know, the fellow has lost everything. It's like that fellow who, you know, at night, he lost his cockerel. The, uh, the jackal ate it. So they came, they said, oh, because poor village, they all have two, three chickens. He said, no, Allah knows best, it's fine. The next day, he lost his dog. You know, so, so the, the, now he can't defend himself because the dog barks and if an tr- intruder comes, you know. He says, no, Allah knows best. Then he lost his donkey, the third foot. He says, no, the, he ended up bereft. And on the fifth day, a band of thieves came and attacked the village. And they can only attack the t- houses because it's dark when there is either a brain of a donkey or a bark of a dog or a cockerel and this house was silent so they all were robbed except this fellow so they said well this is your iman at least in any case you know that faith keeps us coasting along at difficult times not always we understand what is happening or what is it good for us we need to be patient and wait and you find that then a door that you consider to be badly shut in front of you was the best for you it is all to do with seeing the best all the time. If you don't see the best all the time, then your heart is not present. If your heart is not present, then you are not seeing how the unseen and the seen meet. Now, most of the time, at that moment, you don't see it. You're ill, you're getting somewhere, and you, you don't see this best. But your body may have needed the rest. And so, so, if you believe in a perfect creator, then you must believe in the perfection of now. Otherwise, the perfect creator is not in charge. No matter what. The misery we are experiencing in the East, we all want to reduce it. We all want to do something about it for it not to end up in where it is ending up. So dreadful. Fire everywhere and so on. But there must be within it rahmah. Because Allah says in the Quran, So either you don't believe in the Quran or you cannot see how it is operating in the now. Because we are used all the time to judge that this is better, this is better, and we often judge for increase. More, 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 more. Anytime you come to a person and say, now you have less, they drop. It's more, more. This year is more profitable. More, more. More, 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 more. So we end up here, 5% of the world population robbing the remaining 70, 80%. And Half of the world population has not got clean water. And this is a wonderful civilization we have. So Iman is important. Faith that it will not remain like this. وَقَوْلُهُمْ قُلُوبُنَا غُلْفٍ And they are saying that our hearts have not been uncovered. No, has been covered. Have been covered, sorry. Have not been, co- have been have been covered. Allah has stamped them with kufr, so they do not have iman except for very few. So the implication again is for us to safeguard not the heart not to be covered, not to be under a lid. You see, it must be open, open heart. But the only thing they refer to now is open heart surgery nowadays. So open heart. ختم الله على قلوبهم وعلى سمعهم وعلى أبصارهم غشاوة. Allah has sealed their hearts and their, and their hearing and their sight with a veil. 
it means that you hear the thing but you don't see the message behind it you don't have connection to the ultimate light so there are veils upon it you see and you distort it into according to your own illusion therefore if you want to read the situation well as the prophet sallallahu says allahumma arinil ashya'a kama hiya or allah show me things as they are you need to have a clear heart to see things as they are otherwise you miss it you interpret it in its own way you know if you see things as they are you only see rahmah and whoever comes to your life you see goodness in it you only see the goodness behind what appears to be good or bad and etc which always oscillate but behind all of these changes there is one light imam ali salam says i do not see a thing unless I see Allah before it, and with it, and after it. This is Tawheed. It's seeing the one, and then making sense, a bit of sense out of the two. And say, oh yes, of course, it's all because of the one. You see.